This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak, or afternoon. We're doing this a few hours before. And it is wonderful to have David Vance back with us, sharing his wisdom once again. David, thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to be here, Peter. It's as if I never left from the last time, but of course. <laughs> yeah. no, just following on. David and I have been talking the whole time since the last one. So, yeah, you've joined in. So, great to have our viewers with Good us. Good to be back, everyone. Or, or yeah. listeners, because this will go as a podcast, obviously, because it's a few hours before. And that was David fitting into uh, my time, because I'm in the middle of the Balkans at the moment. So, it would be a little bit dark at 10 o'clock my time, 8 o'clock UK time. So, David, thank you for coming on a little bit earlier. Pleasure. And as always, David's handle is at David Vance. Uh, you can find him there. You can also find his regular words of wisdom on Podbean. And you can also uh, sign up to the premium Podbean. Mention that, David, before we jump in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should plug that one. Thanks very much, Peter. So, so the thing is, I, I have devised accidentally, as is my way in life, I've stumbled across a formula for my little podcast. I call them bite-sized podcasts because they last about seven or eight minutes, roughly. And I put out multiple every day. And honestly, they do really, really well. I'm really happy about them. But I thought it would be good to do a longer form podcast because most people do longer form, but I don't. So, uh, and, and to be honest, if you're talking about like issues, like as we're about to talk about here, if we're looking back at, at the week and all this stuff, you know, to try and do it in five or six minutes would be very, very difficult. So I thought what would be a good idea would be to create uh, a premium podcast uh, that goes out every Sunday, Peter, every Sunday morning. Uh, there, there's, there's a link below all of my profiles uh, for it. And you get you get 30 minutes or so of me talking about whatever it is. So um, as a, in addition to the other stuff, because the world of pod of, of audio podcasting is, is it's really it's really a good world, good world to be in. I, I, I find myself happy in it. And, um, you know, I recently it was, we were telling you we got um, hit over half a million uh, downloads and we're well on the way up to 600,000 downloads now in the space of a month. So it's going, yeah, it's going really, really well. And uh, I mean, I'm not sure if I, if I, 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 I guess my formula is put lots of stuff out there and hopefully people will like some of it. And I think they do. So, but the premium one, yeah, please subscribe to the premium podcast and you get 30 minutes of me uh, talking about stuff. There you go. You get the book of Proverbs according to David every day, yes. many of them. Yeah. So make sure and get your daily dose of wisdom. David, let's jump into our first story. Many that you have posted on not only Getter, but also Gab, the two places to really find you on. And this is sacked from doing sacked from his £49,000 a year oh. job for being overheard on Zoom, asking his wife, do you think they have black privilege in Africa? Dedicated railway worker or manager won a landmark victory, but his life is now in tatters. And there he is. Yeah. And uh, his 11 years finished because he thought a Zoom call was finished and he made a comment about not uh, black privilege and white privilege, and it's all finished. And I guess that's 
where we live now that you cannot express any normal hell views, but you can talk about white privilege all day, every day. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, essentially, I mean, well, I, I can understand why he won the legal case, because in the first instance, he was sacked for a comment that was made, a private comment, and he'd forgotten to turn his microphone off when he made it. So that was a, that was why it happened. Um, but the, the diversity course that he was on was discussing, amongst other things, white privilege. And so when he thought, when it was all over, he turned to his wife and he turned around and he said, do you think they've got black uh, privilege in countries like, uh, say, Ghana, which is 98% black? This is what he said. And because this was overheard, somebody heard this, complained, and he was ultimately disciplined and sacked. He's then taken him to court, uh, won, a, won a bit of a, a, a victory on it, a parry victory, but his career is essentially over. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things I that, that struck me. First of all, it's perfectly reasonable to ask the question, Peter, is there such a thing as black privilege? Mm. Now, he acted, he asked it in the context of a majority black country, like, like say, Ghana. Um, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't, because it's, it would be normal in a, in a society, it's overwhelmingly one ethnicity, that many of the top jobs would be held by people from that ethnicity. So um, it's, it, it's, it exists, I'm sure. Is it a problem? No, I don't think it's a problem. But then it's not a problem in this country either. You can't have it both ways. So in my, in my, in my opinion, uh, white privilege um, doesn't, ex doesn't really exist, though, in white countries, or they don't want it to exist in white, in, in, in white countries like the UK. And so, and so it is that we've seen in the past week, for example, uh, another story that I commented on, which is linked to this, whereby, you know, if you look at the number of kids from a white background going to elite universities is 10.5%. But hang on a second, we're an 85% white country. Where's my white privilege? And the answer is, well, it's not going to elite universities. So, you know, look, the, 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 there's people that see, you know, I don't see skin color at all. I totally believe in meritocracy. No one should be judged on their skin color at all. But but if you want to introduce terms like white privilege, then stand back because it's perfectly reasonable to then talk about black privilege. And uh, and when the fact like as we we saw in this occasion, Peter, you've frozen, but I'm not sure oh, if um, I think okay, it must be at my end. Then it looked you're deep in thought and in, in, in the freeze. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd fall asleep actually. Um, so so. You know, if it's white privilege, then it's black privilege. Just deal with it. This guy was treated appallingly, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a shout. It, it's, it tells you plenty about the state of the United Kingdom that he couldn't uh, have asked what seems to me an eminently sensible question. Well, Dave, the other story you mentioned. Let's bring that up. This is white pupils are now least likely to go to university yeah. after drive to make intakes more diverse. Yeah, and uh, of course we we know. Coming from Northern Ireland, you still being there, uh, yeah. me not, but with positive discrimination and how that can be used, and that doesn't always have a positive impact on the country. No, it doesn't. And I mean, in this particular story, I mean, it's quite devastating in, 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 in at least two regards. So further to what I was just saying, Peter, so in the first instance, the fact that this is elite universities now, so I, I assume that's the Russell Group which is one of the ones I went to as well. Mm -hmm. So Russell Group. So um, 
the, what the, what they analysed was the breakdown of uh, of students intake of students going into these elite universities, and as I said earlier, so white kids ten point five percent, black kids ten point seven percent, but yeah. black kids make up five percent of the population, so they're double represented. And you might wonder about that, and people who bitch about oh the white privilege at uh, you know elite universities. Well, there's none. But but then even sort of more disturbing is the fact if you look at Asians at uh, in at elite universities, it's uh, I don't know the, the figures. Yeah, you got them there, Peter. Yeah, Asians are sitting at um, fifteen point six percent. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, in in the UK, Asians are like what. Two or three percent max of the population, mm. and and then China, Chinese, <laughs> uh, which I think are Asian as well. The last time I checked, anyway, <laughs> 40. 7 percent. So wow. So, so, so that's that's a problem. Forty point. You're right. I did think Chinese were Asian, but obviously they're not Asian any longer, according to Daily Mail or according to this survey, Department for Education. Well, yeah, and you see, yeah, yeah, that's right. And the thing about this is that, in a way, this introduces another topic because whilst I do think there's active discrimination against white kids at, at these elitist universities, which is deplorable and shocking and intolerable, um, but the other thing is that percentage of uh, Chinese, 40% at our elite universities, essentially China is taking over our universities. Uh, in a very short period of time, as you saw, Peter, from 2010 to 2020, 10 years, it's gone from 31 to 40 percent. What's it going to be like in 10 years time? 50 percent. What's going on within our universities? And then, you know, this obviously they're paying. And, and this is a complex issue, actually, for, 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 for people to think about because they are paying to go there. So they're, they're, they are giving their money to these universities, which gratefully take it. They're probably doing STEM subjects, Peter, I think, probably. I don't think they're doing basket weaving, you know, and gender studies and all the, the usual dross that uh, that our uh, uh, students or, 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 some, or some students uh, pursue. And um, is that a bad thing? Well, it's like China's taking control over universities. Should mm. we be worried? Uh, probably, yeah, I think. But, of course, um, no one talks about these things. They are forbidden. But actually, it's weird because if you look at 10% of of entry in uh, are, are white, that means 90% are not. Mm -hmm. uh, but the UK is, what, 84% white. I yeah. can't imagine somewhere like Ghana having 90% of their students not being from Ghana. Uh, so, no. and of course, there's no claim of racism for the whole of Africa. It, it's strange how 10% out of 85%, 84%, that's something but going on. It, it's, it's a startling statistic. And, and actually, you know, if you look on it that way, it mm -hmm. does show that there's mass discrimination, there's, there's racism towards white yeah. kids in our elite universities. Now, what they do is, there's a trick they play in here. What they do is they then take the total university catchment area and then they use that to, that would more pretend, potentially that might, I haven't seen the data, but I would imagine that would show, that would be a little bit closer to, to, to the actual uh, demographic percentages. Mm -hmm. But that's neither here nor there. These are the best universities. These are the elite universities. And at the elite, uni elite universities in the UK, Whites are the tiniest minority. 
What other country? I mean, as you say, Ghana. Do you think if you go to Ghana, you're going to find, uh, 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 you know, 40% of the uh, students are, are, are white? Of course not. Go to China. See what the percentages are. It's, it's, it's our societies are being hollowed out from within. Very disturbing. Well, we don't know. Maybe 10% of Ghanaian uh, university students are Northern Irish. I mean, who knows? So... Well, you could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could identify as that anyway, and as we know, that, <laughs> then you just have to go with it. Moving on, uh, yep. this is obviously where some of the root of the problem is, or where it's been perpetuated. And here we have civil servants are taught Britain is a racist country, and white staff should evolve should avoid contradicting ethnic minority mm-hmm. colleagues. Yeah, I I just was blown away by that because I'm, uh, obviously flying is my my passion. I'm thinking if you're in a cockpit, if you were a white pilot beside a pilot who was non-white, and you felt there was a problem, you always are supposed to speak up and make sure you highlight what an error. But imagine you see an error, a massive error, a massive error that could lead to what well, maybe death. And you can't say a thing because you might offend someone. You might contradict yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to be prepared to die, lest you you say something. And actually, if you if you look at that headline, the the, the fourth line down in that is the important one. It says um, what you've just said, Peter. It says the civil servant added, "The term white privilege has no place in government." No, that civil servant has no place in government. This is how we are being hollowed out by these self-loathing liberal shells who infest uh, all levels of the British establishment. I mean, it is really um, sort of uh, remarkable. And and you wouldn't see this in in, in many other societies around the world, especially in the East. But here, yeah, we, uh, we, we mustn't contradict people, even if we know they're wrong, because that might assert our white privilege. Um, I'm afraid, again, society can't continue like this, Peter. If we go down this road much further, everything falls apart. Then again, maybe that's the aim of it. I don't know. Well, it is, yeah. It is the the madness. Uh, Let's move on to the madness of UK politics. And here we have the leadership race in the UK. The UK will have a new prime minister, and a new leader of the Conservative Party by the 5th of September. And it's been whittled down to two candidates. And one of them here, the headline in The Guardian is Tom... Tr- I, I never know how to pronounce his surname. I'm sorry. Take it out. Backs Liz Truss in race for number 10. Former rival praises Foreign Secretary's tax cut plans as Rishi Sunak submits to grilling by Andrew Neil. What... What are your thoughts on what's happening with this leadership race, David? Yeah, it, well, what we're seeing is a coronation of Queen Liz, the coronation of Queen Liz as leader of the Conservative Party and the next Prime Minister. But beyond her, no doubt about this one, um, the the establishment sees Liz Truss as continuity Boris Johnson. That's how, well, certainly that's how I see her as well. And it's not just uh, it's not just a coincidence that. Tom Tugendhat has uh, backed her yesterday. Moonfaced Ben Ben Wallace, the, the most mediocre defence secretary imaginable, he backed her as well. They're all the she, he, she's got a job. She's going to be the next prime minister. She's 
eminently not qualified to do so. She's like, I've described her, Peter, as a pound shop thatcher. That's how she reminds me. Uh, she, she you know, with the par suits and all of the, uh, you know, the choice of colors, purple and stuff, the royal colors. Um, the best bit for me, by the way, of the election, the, the contest this past week was the contest, the, um, I think it was the, it was a talk TV, uh, anyway, where they, both of them were on the stage and the interviewer collapsed. Now, that was interesting. I, I thought that was that was a highlight for me of the debate when Kate McCann, who was, who was presiding over it, collapsed, as people do. It happens all the time. Don't worry about it. It's got nothing to do with anything else, right? She collapsed, and uh, Liz Truss's reaction was to go, oh, my God, she was yeah. so shocked. And I'm thinking, so you're going to be prime minister and somebody falling over shocks you? Boy, are you going to be in for a rough time? But anyway, yeah, Tugan Hat uh, today came out today. Pardon the pun. Uh, ben Wallace came out yesterday. I think they're doing death by a thousand cuts on Rishi Sunak. He's gone. It's all over for him, unless something terribly dramatic and unforeseen happens. And we're going to be stuck with uh, Liz, who is, in my opinion, absolutely appalling and mediocre and capable of leading the Tories to victory. There's Rishi. Now I. I mean, to me, Liz is probably slightly better than Rishi, although probably not by much. It's not really a good contest whenever you have those two individuals, both WF Stoogies, to pick from. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, yeah I, don't actually, I don't know if we would be much better off with, uh, with Liz than with Rishi. Probably not much. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, they are WEF stooges anyway, both of them. So in a way, you're not. There's no choice. That, that that's it's the illusion of choice that we're being sold. So that's the first thing to be said. But the thing, the thing about, um, I mean, they're, they're both totally confused. So yeah. Rishi wants to b increase taxes, and he thinks that's going to play well with a conservative audience. Is he mad? Uh, but by the same token, she wants to spend, spend, spend. And does she think that's going to play well with a conservative audience? And I suspect that it will play well with conservative voters in this contest, which 160,000 of them. But the reality is, Peter, they have to go to the polls and that's where they're going to be up against it. You know, I feel a bit sorry for Rishi because in some ways he's being more honest than she is. In some ways, she's totally just, she's, I mean, she's just saying whatever they want to hear you know she's going to be an even bigger friend of you to ukraine apparently than boris yeah. which struck me as a surprise because i thought boris had moved in with the zelenskis he's been in U uh, kiev that often but uh she's going to be a bigger friend of ukraine uh she's going to uh, cut her taxes she's going to invest in the northern powerhouse she's gonna promise anything to get yeah, the yeah. job and that should send all your spider senses tingling Oh, I, I kind of miss Boris. At least a little bit of colourful character and personality where you look at Liz, it's depressingly dire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but Boris had a personality. That was his greatest strength. But then yeah. by the same token, that is his, that was his undoing as well. But, uh, you know, well, I, I think, Peter, I know we're a couple of years out, but when there is a general election next, whoever leads that party, the Conservative Party, has to be able to make a connection and, you know, the red wall, Labour voters, mm -hmm. all those people. And I do think that Johnson was able to do that in his own particular way. Neither of these two is going to be able to do that. I honestly can't, I can't say it. Now, I know Keir Starmer's appalling and all that, but I'm just saying... 
that if, if the Tories can't hold those voters, and these two personalities I don't think can, then that's going to see the majority uh, collapse. So maybe yeah. Boris will be brought back, Peter. Well, he can't be brought back if he's heading up NATO, and this is <laughs> yeah. headline from the Evening Standard. Boris Johnson could be in line for top NATO job, say Conservative allies. Alliance members reported British candidate could be a good choice of leader. And there he is. And obviously, he's been so close to Zelensky. So the incumbent, Jen Stoltenberg, is widely expected yep. to stand down in September next year after 12 months after the Prime Minister leaves his role. So obviously, his allies are trying to line him up to a big yeah. world position and at least he can probably earn more money than he did as PM because he always complains of lack of money, doesn't he, David? Well he does, but I but I but this is just a this is just a story. I mean it's a horrific story. The notion of Boris Johnson as General Secretary of NATO, Peter, is is that's even more disturbing than Liz uh, trust as prime minister. I mean, it's even worse, but I don't believe it. This is uh, people trying to talk him up, as, as you rightly yeah. say. His own, it, it may well be himself actually leaking the stories, but um, uh, the, the, I think he would be a catastrophic uh, choice to be NATO leader. But then, I mean, I've got pretty strong views in NATO. I think NATO is a global predator. I've got big problems with NATO, even as it is at the moment. But the one thing about being the general secretary of NATO is you, you'd kind of have to be on, you know, you'd have to be doing the job. You, you couldn't really. Boris, I don't think, has a very great attention span. If you're in charge of NATO, you would need to have a great attention span and have the, you know, the minutiae of the issues to, to, to hand. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He's a broad stroke kind of guy. So uh, I don't know, Peter. My suspicion is he'll end up writing books. He'll get columns in the da- in the likes of the Daily Telegraph or the Spectator or whatever. He'll make his money from those things. And uh, as as all ex prime ministers do, you know, they all end up extremely wealthy, and we shouldn't feel remotely sorry for them. Well, no, I, I guess it depends where Carrie wants. Maybe she could be the first lady. So yeah. it is over in in yeah. Belgium. Brussels will be the headquarters. So maybe. Carrie wants to go to Brussels. That could be the reason behind this information coming out to the public. Ah, very nice chocolates over there. So who could blame her? And 30% Islamic. Maybe that's what you like to bring the kids up and <laughs> revert back to his Islamic faith, maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, there, there, there's that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's not go too far down that rabbit hole because yeah, there's really other rabbit yeah. holes to go down. Sure. Let's go over to. Uh, men thinking they're women and not being sanctioned or sectioned, sorry, but actually competing. Here we have the the uh, <laughs> Rugby Football League, Rugby Football Union, uh, rugby in the UK, banned transgender women. Uh, will 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 we'll really translate transgender women, but from competing in female-only forms of their games. Yeah. And yeah. here we have uh, the ban transgender women. The their board approved its new policy, which will come into effect in August. They voted on Friday to pass this new policy for the 22-23 season. It was 33 in favour, 26 against. Yeah. 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 Abstaining. It's yeah. Not a very big victory, really. No, no. I, when you dig into the detail like that, it's scary, isn't it? Because that means 26 of them, at, at, at the minimum, believe that 
uh, biological men who identify as women can play, should be able to play women's rugby. Up here, you know, of all the different sports that you could talk about, uh, and, and of course, you know, we, we see that, I mean, there's so many different sports that we have, but, but rugby is full on physicality. It's, you know, it's, I love rugby, a big rugby fan, but it's very physical. And the natural advantages of the biological male will always triumph those of females, no matter how talented the, the, the females are. And so to, for even 26 of their members of the rugby union board to think, yeah, it's okay to let them in, it's a bit of a shocker. I'm glad this decision was made to see it, to protect the health of, of, of women, women playing rugby, uh, to protect them. Because if they meet a couple of, you know, uh, encounter some, um, some of these biological males identifying as women or trans women, as they call themselves, um, I, I would fear for their, 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 you know, their, their health. So it's a good decision, but it's scary that it just squeaked through. It should have gone through, you know, 100% for zero against. But that's the kind of, uh, again, woke world of uh, international uh, corporatist sport. And it looks obviously with the, with the tight decision, I assume that will go the other way in a number of years. And you're right, if a, if a woman has an individual who was a bloke until very recently yeah. yesterday, uh, at 100, whatever, um, what, 18 stone or whatever, 110 kilos, then she's not going to come off very well. So it's, it's not, it's, Yeah, I mean, you know, things like, you know, but things like bone density, th- these are these are indisputable empirical uh, realities you have to cope with. And, 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 and blokes, uh, men, biological men, have... Uh, have, have basically denser bone structure. If also if they've got the greater weight and they run into a, a, a female a rugby player, they're going to flam them. You know, it's it's insane that this could even be was ever countenanced because this is. I mean, it has been countenanced. It's just that we haven't seen. Well, I haven't seen. Well, there have been some cases actually in rugby where there have these these. I consider mentally unwell individuals, certainly confused individuals, to put it politely, uh, enter the game, the sport. And um, I think, you know, I mean, I mean, what must it be like for a five foot two woman to see this six foot six thundering biological male running towards her? I mean, you know, so, yeah, but it's a crazy world. Moving on to uh, another one of your posts on to... COVID. And here we have Robert Kennedy Jr., a yep. great hero of everything. And it's always yep. fun when we find people on the same side as you who maybe didn't expect a number of years ago. And and this is more great news. A federal judge in Ohio blocked the military's COVID-19 vaccine mandate nationwide for Air Force, Space Force, and Air National Guard service members who requested religious exemption. Uh, it is a, a, yeah. a great way, and I hope common sense prevails, because all those space, I'm sure Space Force, I'm sure they needed to be fully jabbed to, what, protect themselves from the aliens <laughs> or something? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, they could they could, they could infect the extraterrestrials. ET <laughs> e- could die if they weren't uh, jabbed. No, this is, Peter, and, and, and you're right, uh, this guy is—he's a fantastic guy. He's been amazing over the last couple of years. Um, and 
certainly this is another good there's been a lot of good judicial decisions so robert f kennedy jr here he's talking he's bringing our attention to this decision by a federal judge but it's so important because the the warrior class in the united states uh have been put under huge pressure coercion and all the rest of it from Biden to take the jobs. This gives them, the legit, they can legitimately turn around and say, nope, we're not taking the jobs. And then the, the further on from that is that if, if that be the case for people in the military, it makes it even more difficult again for Biden to try and use, and when we get into the autumn and winter, you know, to try and again push through more vaccine mandates. People should have the right if they want to take a vaccine, well, it's not a vaccine. If they want to take an experimental gene therapy, they can. It's fine by me, not my problem. And if they don't, it should be fine. No one should lose their job. No one should feel the stress. No one should feel isolated. And all those things have been happening. No one. So, so it's a good news story, actually, this one, Peter. Now, here's a a, a surprising story linking into the COVID uh, fear, and. This is over to monkeypox, <laughs> and no. I, I was I thought I thought our fellow countrymen, David, were collapsing all everywhere. I mean, hourly with yep. monkeypox, but no. Here I read this seemingly positive headline from the BBC. It must have slipped past their control mechanism. Monkeypox first deaths outside Africa in Brazil and Spain. So mm. it, it doesn't seem to be such a widespread problem as we're being led to believe. This is, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where we even start on monkeypox. I mean, A, the, the very concept is ludicrous. So, we, you know, it's, it's, it's risible. But <clears throat> there's an interesting rhetorical device that they're using here. When, you, when they talk about these first deaths, if you delve, delve into the detail on it, what you will discover is that the two individuals who have died had serious other comorbidities. So the question is, did they die off monkeypox or did they die from monkeypox? Now, we've been here before, haven't we, when it comes to COVID-19? And they use that device, that little sort of splitting of, of hairs to conjure up huge numbers. So you had people dying of all kinds of things. But if it happened within 28 days of a positive test, then that was a definite, that was a definite COVID death. And they're at the same game in this one, Peter. It's the same thing. Because, again, they're using a PCR test to identify a positive test. So... Wow. It's deja vu all over. Honestly, it's deja vu all over again with these goons. So they're, they're going down exactly the same route. The only thing is, I do think most people kind of laugh when you say monkeypox. It doesn't have the fear factor, I don't think, even though they're doing their best. Um, so these two deaths turn out to be with monkeypox, meaning with a positive monkeypox PCR, which could mean anything. Absolutely anything. So dismiss and move on. It has, yeah, you're right. It had that uh, on Friday, Brazil's health ministry said the victim there had suffered from lymphoma and a weakened immune system. Yeah. And cor uh, comorbidus aggravated his condition. I yeah. guess that's the, the term for it. So they um, obviously something was quite negative and and this happened so you're right it's underlying health condition just like supposedly COVID. 
Yeah, just like supposedly, it's exactly the same as this here. You know, there's a complete lack of honesty and integrity in the system that they won't, they won't, uh, that, that they, they, they run a headline because they know, Peter, and you know, and people watching this know that most people will just read a headline. Most people don't delve into the detail. So if they hit people with the, well, now we've got our first monkeypox deaths. We told you, we told you this was serious. That, that's, their, that's what they're trying to achieve. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I still am not that confident that they'll get the monkeypox story to fly. The interesting thing about monkeypox, of course, is that monkeypox is quite similar to severe shingles. And severe shingles is a side effect of, oh, yeah, the COVID-19 gene therapies. So mm. I really wonder what monkeypox is. I'd, I'd like to see it isolated in purified form and have all the data around that, but they've not been able to do that yet for some strange reason. Did you see the story, David, about, I'll not bring it up, but it was about uh, children getting it and the children, yeah. and then it linked the children to men who have sex with men. <laughs> yeah. Why are children being linked to promiscuous yeah. gay men? Yeah, well, well, they you, yeah. well, Peter, it's really good you brought that one up because because that actually is a, the, the, again the euphemisms that that are going on at the moment is serious. You've got Tedros at the World Health Organization said, yeah. you know, oh well, ninety eight percent of all cases are amongst uh, sort of gay men, uh, the, the gay community, but men who have sex with men, we need to yeah, yeah, the, get the, with it, David. I know men who have sex with men are, <laughs> let me think, oh yeah, gay men. So, I, I mean, and, and this is the thing, the, the, the strange thing about this story is, I must say, and I'm, uh, I'll be putting more stuff out about that in, in the next few days. It, it is my view that I think the medical establishment are trying to paint the gay people potentially, just like they did over AIDS, as, yeah. as, 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 as a sort of the, you know, they're, they're the people causing the problem. And I'm not sure that's true. But, but what I would say is that, uh, you know, because people like us on sort of this side of the political debate, we're always accused of being homophobic and this, that and the other. I'm the one that's saying, I think the establishment is singling out potentially the gay community, maybe unfairly. But, but by the same token, the establishment, Tedros did say this is exclusively all 98% or more amongst the gay community. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. We've not actually understood what is the transmission mechanism for monkeypox. We don't know exactly. We don't know these things. We're just being told, look, you've had a test, you've tested positive, you've got monkeypox. That's it. And again, we've been here before. And I think, you know, once bitten, twice shy, even by a monkey. Well, moving away from monkeys and on <laughs> yes. to good old COVID again, oh, not yes. the monkey variant. Here we have a, a great article from exposenews.com, exposenews.com, and the links will be underneath. And a lot of these we have posted, of course, go to at David Vance on Getter if you want to delve into these a little bit more. And you can also have David's little comments on the top, which you're missing in some of this, but you're getting in, I guess, a longer form. But here, exposenews.com, athlete deaths are 1,700 times higher than expected since COVID vaccine rollout. That's 17 times higher. And we scroll down, investigation official stats has shown the numbers of athletes who have died since the beginning of 2021 has risen exponentially compared to the yearly totals before. This is July the 30th. This is today on Saturday. And 
here is the graph, David. The first, the green yeah. one being monthly average, 1966 to 2004. So quite a wide period, 2.3 deaths per month. Oh, we're not up to 42. Yeah. Something's yeah. gone wrong. Well, well, something's gone very badly wrong. And, and the thing about it is, Peter, as well, like we're talking in, in the world of athletics, uh, and it's all changed a lot over the last 20, 30 years. There's so much science around athletics now. You know, there's so many, uh, every, if you're a foot, top football guy, you've, you know, you're, you're essentially worth, what, 100 million, maybe more than that to your team. So you've got a designated team of medical people around you to, to, to make sure, you know, you know, that you're going to be, you're going to be well, but that means you're being measured, you're being monitored. Um, and, 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 and as a consequence of all of the, 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 the rollout of the jobs, this huge disproportionate increase in athletic deaths has uh, happened, and we, we see it in every sport. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not well. If you actually, the article does go into potentially why this might happen. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is that it does happen, and yet there's a complete disinterest from the media. Why aren't the media interested in all these sports people? Um, I, for example, I did one today a podcast, Peter, on the number two golfer, female golfer in the world. Um, who has uh, who took a who took a, a clot in, in 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 back in March, and she had to have surgery to have the clot removed to save her life. And as a consequence of having the clot removed from, from to save her life, uh, she has now lost about forty percent of the power in her in that arm. Well, she's a golfer. She relies, you know, obviously on being able to have drive power through her arms. And, and, and so her career, she's a 24-year-old girl, 24-year-old, her career could be over. Now, she won't talk about why it happened, so not allowed to talk about it, but I have a fair good idea that it, the reason might begin with V, you know. So, um, but yeah, this whole area of our most fittest people keeling over, uh, it's, it's very disturbing, very, very disturbing. And of course, if we follow the science in theory you would follow tests but here a story you came up with think <laughs> yeah. you have omicron but keep testing negative an expert says to trust your gut if you feel confident you've covid you probably have covid yeah. this is where the age we live in if you believe something it can be true for you so you too can have covid if you believe it strongly enough yeah, it's my. I I identify as having COVID, even though I don't, even though I don't have COVID. That that's a mad world. And and the, the the first bit of that sentence is interesting too. Think you have Omicron, but keep testing negative. You see, this is the thing. I reckon the, the the people who are multiple jabbed are obsessed on all of this, and I think they do keep testing themselves, yeah. and uh, and they get de depressed and sad if they don't test positive. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if you think you've got COVID, you've got COVID. But does that mean then if you think you've recovered from recovered from COVID, then you have recovered from COVID? And if you think you've recovered from COVID, is that justification for you to say, yeah, listen, I'm exempt from everything now because, you know, I had it because I, I say I had it. And is, is, that all, is that all? Can Does it work like that? I don't know. I don't know. It's the insane world we live in. And the, the, even the image on it was a... I guess that is possibly it's a, a surgeon or it might just be someone that uh, looks like a surgeon's hat. Yeah. But not only do they have a mask, but they have some kind of perspex shield over their eyes. Again, it's an image that 
makes you scared, makes you worried. Exactly. Yes, Peter, you've, you've, hit, you've put your finger on the, on, on, the, on the key point here. This is all about fear. Everything is about fear. They, the globalists behind all of the, 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 the stresses we face in our lives, they, they want us to be constantly off guard, you know. So, okay, so you, you, you've been testing yourself and you're, you're testing negative. Don't worry, you could be positive and just not know it. Do you remember at the beginning of all this, one of my sort of light bulb moments at the beginning was when they started to tell us, you could have this terrible disease but not know it. What? If I have the flu, I know I've got the flu. If I had this terrible COVID, I think I would know it. No, no, no. Asymptomatic means you wouldn't know. But if the viral load was sufficiently high, I would know. And if and if it isn't, then I'm not going to be able to transmit it. So it's you know from the from the get go, these guys have been exploiting us using fear and bad science. And that's why I think it is good when we have guys, uh, you know, uh, like Dr. Peter McCullough and Robert Malone and all the other folks who are providing real science, I think, uh, into these things. And the only problem is it exposes the fraud that's been perpetrated on us all. Yeah. And of course, while the police have been busy policing COVID, here was a great, uh, it was a great piece by Sue Reed in so the on. Daily Mail. Yeah. And the headline was burglars have rights to the response of not one but two police officers when Sue Reed suggested putting spikes on her garden fence after a terrifying break-in. And it's a great I, I read the whole thing. She's a great story writer. Yeah. She talks about how people tried to break it, broke in, stole her laptop. She reported to the police the whole process. Um, and she wanted to defend her house, and the police were advising her not. And then all of this. So it's the crazy we live in where I guess getting close to Democrat states in America where the the those who mm. carry out mm. acts mm. of violence or breaking the law, they're actually upheld as in theory good citizens. It's topsy turvy. Yeah, it's an excellent. I mean, if any, if everyone uh, who's seeing this, you should go and read it in the, the story in full. She does it in great detail. The other thing is, Peter, she got CCTV coverage of the culprit. I mean, I mean, this should have been a, a no-brainer for the police. But the problem with the state of British policing in 2022 is they're not really interested in catching criminals like the guy that stole her Sue Reed's uh, laptop. Um, they're interested in stopping people from you and me and saying things that hurt people's feelings on social media. That's what they're interested in. They're they're concerned lest somebody say, well, I don't actually uh, think I want to wear a mask, so I'm not going to wear a mask. They might turn up and have a word with you then. Uh, policing, I'm afraid, it's all part of the dysfunctionality of the total state. Uh, policing is just one of the key areas that I would think would be unrecognizable to Sir Robert Peel were he able to come back and see the state into which it's fallen because it really hasn't has fallen into a terrible state. There was a there was a comment just let our viewers know the situation. So half of the Met, the Metropolitan Police, the police force in London, investigations into all types of crime end without a suspect being identified of more than 40,000 house burglaries in London last year. Only 1,545, or 3.8%, ended with the culprit being caught and punished. And, of course, the we have a number of police force in special measures. We have the head yeah. of the police, the yeah. police sacked, uh, no one in charge. 
So we have a, a police force in special measures, no one in charge, and not able to actually catch people when they break into your house. Uh, 3.8% is, is quite a low figure. I think, David, if, if in your business, if you had a success rate of 3.8%, you'd probably lose your job, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be in business. It's very, very yes. simple. It, it's very, very simple. The, the the failure of policing is manifest, and it's manifest everywhere. And you mentioned it's not just the Metropolitan Police, which is special measures, but I think there's at least six other police forces are, are, are around the UK in a similar state. And it's because I believe these organisations have been completely penetrated by the likes of common purpose drones and whatnot. And their their metrics are not the metrics that mattered to ordinary people. Ordinary people want to walk this, the streets in, with a sense of security. They want to be safe. They want to know if somebody breaks into their house, the burglars will be caught. They, they just want the simple things. And instead... You know, the, the two, police are too busy, you know, posturing at pride parades and, uh, you know, taking a knee and all this sort of stuff. It's become politicised and that's corroded the heart of British policing. I think, and this is where I do agree with Peter Hitchens, that mm. what we need to do is it needs to be basically brought down and start again. Policing should be made local, should be made accountable, should be focused on just the very specific things that matter to ordinary men and women. And that is to have uh, the law enforced fairly and without, you know, without favour so that everyone is made uh, amenable to it. But at the moment, as I said, they're too busy chasing rainbows and, uh, as I said, uh, supporting uh, Marxist ideologies. The policing has to change dramatically if we are to have the rule of law. And if we're not... I think we need to know. Yeah, well, chasing rainbows. Let's. Uh, this happened a few days ago, and Laza put it up. Lawrence Fox, leader of the Reclaim Party, put it up on his Twitter. And uh, this is police criticised over arrest for gay swastika post. This is the Times from today. There is uh, the one and only Harry Miller, yep. who's chairman of the Reclaim Party, uh, one of the key people, maybe leader of Fair Cop. Uh, and also a, a previous guest numerous times. And officers for Hampshire Constabulary have been criticised for arresting an army veteran over a social media post. The 51-year-old former soldier had shared an image of gay and transgender pride flags in the shape of a swastika. Police also arrested Harry Miller, a former policeman, when he intervened. I was a bit peeved off that the the Times didn't have the guts to actually put the picture up. I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, maybe that's not that big a surprise. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do remember that. Uh, I saw that, that particular meme. Uh, with the, Yeah, I mean, but this is this actually, Peter, it's a brilliant way to bring to, 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 to conclude this because this this is what their priorities are. You know, they, they, they want to um, do this kind of stuff um, and not do the things that really matter. Nobody cares. Listen, if somebody's offended because an image went up on social media that they don't like, tough. Do you know, the, 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 the people were, were being infantilized, unfortunately. Uh, we're not allowed, you know, by, 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 the, by the fact that uh, the, the policing resource would go to this. I mean, if someone stole my laptop, I'd want them to go and find who stole my laptop. I can tell you, over the years, 
and uh, predominantly through the the hellhole that is uh, Twitter. You know, I've encountered probably more than I wanted to of uh, of all kinds of lunatics, let's say, and and placing interest in helping someone like me uh, when you're receiving threats and stuff. Zero. It's just not bothered. You're not bothered. But if somebody posts a meme on social media that goes against a particular uh, minority group, well, then they're really, really interested, aren't they? And the moral of the story is if you do get burgled, make sure and say that the assailant, the burglar, was wearing a rainbow flag with a swastika on it, and they will be around your house in minutes. Yeah. That is the, the trick. Well, 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 but you, but you say that in jest, but but actually, I can tell you, it, when you complete the forms that the police require, if if you have been um, at the receiving end of stuff, um, they they do ask, you know, or do you belong to a protected uh, group? Protected group? Yeah, I'm I'm white heterosexual male. I'm a protected group. Yeah, are you interested? No. But if I said, oh, don't know what, I'm a trans, I'm a trans species, trans humanist, space alien, they probably would take an interest in me. Yeah. So uh, yeah. placing us to change, it's, you know, they've, they've lost confidence with, listen, people on our side, broadly speaking, those of a small, with a small C conservative bent, uh, we, we, we are natural supporters of law and order, I think. It's something we all have in common. Um, and, and I wonder how many people who will watch this who feel like me, a great sense of being let down by the people that we've supported, namely, you know, the, the thin blue line. Yeah. Let's finish off with energy crisis in Europe mm. and bad Mr. Putin. Let's bad put Putin. this up. <laughs> Here we have Power Bill. There were many of these headlines. I know, David, you posted quite a, a number. Because it's quite dire. But this headline in the mail is power bill for just one month could soar to 500 pounds in January after Russia cuts back Europe's gas yeah. supplies. Yep. And so, yeah, tell, I mean, it's it's a chaotic situation, stupid Germany and the rest of Europe. But Russia obviously using energy to push back against Europe. And why not, I guess? Well, well, exactly. I mean, people say, oh, how dare Putin, Hitler do this to us. Hang on a second. You, you've imposed sanctions on Russia. You're sending weapons and armaments and supplies to Ukraine to kill Russians. So what do you expect? What do you expect? And I, I mean, I don't know what the, I, I don't know really what their answer to that is, other than they think that what Russia should still continue to supply you with as much gas as you want and you kill as many Russians as possible. It doesn't work like that. And that story regarding the 500 quid in January, I think it's got legs because, the, as you know, the energy bill, uh, the energy cap uh, in, in England at any rate is what, 1,900 odd. That's going to go to 3,200 uh, in October. And then I think it picks up till about 3,400 to put, or to to 3,800 in January. Mm -hmm. So the, what they, all they've done is they've, I mean, I know it's a, it's an estimate and you could, you could be pernickety about it, but they are saying if it's a cold, dark January and you've got the lights on and you've got the heating on to keep your family and everybody well, then it could cost as much as that. And I would ask who, who could have, who could afford that? What pensioners will be able to afford that? What about people on, you know, very low incomes? 
um, people with, with issues and stuff that are, are confined to the house. Um, I, I know I've posted, Peter, I've posted probably more than I should do on this topic, but it, it, it's one of these ones where I see the train coming down the line. I see what's going to happen. And so I have to, I feel like a mission to sort of say, people, this is going to be really, really bad. And don't listen to the politicians when they blame Putin, because it's them that have caused the problem. This is why I get so furious with Liz Truss and uh, Rishi Sunak. Oh, they're going to give us minor cuts here and there to offset the great energy, the uh, cost of living crisis. But, but they've caused it. They've caused it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it seems a bit rich. I cause a problem and then I come along and say, well, I might be able to solve a wee bit of it potentially. So vote for me. And that's yet that yet that is where we are. Uh, yeah, Liz Truss is just a big poop scoop, basically clearing up the mess that her government have left. But uh, some of the yeah. pictures here we have on this are just uh, go yep. through them. U.S. gas wholesale price. There you go, gone up from uh, nothing to where it is at the moment, yeah. nearly as high as in the middle of the Ukraine yeah. war. Um, yeah. But here we have uh, a lady very scared because her bills are going up, and here we have. Uh, swimming pools will no longer be That's heated. Right. Yeah. yeah, we have street lights will now be turned off in the middle of the night. But don't worry, because Zelensky is preparing to increase his electricity exports to the EU. So Zelensky will rescue us. I'm sure that fills you with hope, David. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if if you've got the the clip in this one, but the most stupid one I've seen yet in terms of how the collective European West is going to deal with what's coming in the autumn and winter is from Spain. I don't know if you saw if you got the headline, but <laughs> this is such a good one. So the, the Spanish, they the Spanish Spain will not be um, bullied by Putin, Hitler. No way. The Spanish have determined that the way to reduce energy cost is not wear a tie. Don't wear a tie. <laughs> so what the, what this came out the, the, the Spanish defense minister came out and said hey listen um you know we're going to have to turn the air cons off to save energy in our buildings so we would now suggest that f going forward when you come into work don't wear a tie all right don't wear a tie and then that that sorts it out does it honestly th that that's a genuine story i've got it on my getter somewhere peter yeah, you've got it. You got, yeah, I mean, Lana, honestly, see when you see stuff like this, I think um, like I, if, if, if you made it up, it wouldn't be any more ludicrous, would it? Just in case our viewers thought you were going a bit crazy and making up your own stories, David. No, no. It is. The independent, the Saudi-owned independent, there you go, that is the truth. I say absolutely, yeah. If it's in the independent, you know it's that definitely. Oh yeah, a lie. But uh, yeah, but he actually the, the, the Spanish PM telling workers uh, if you don't wear a tie, that'll save energy. No, David, but I, I I do think my electricity bill has fallen the last few days. He's <laughs> not wearing a tie. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's a winner idea, Peter. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it must cost us all a fortune wearing a tie. I mean, the other thing is, who wears a tie anymore? Ties are not, I mean, are the Spanish all wearing ties? I'm not sure. But uh, uh, this was this won the prize of most stupid, although most stupid thing, but not necessarily the most disturbing one, because in Germany, um, 
as we talk uh, at the end of July, and October's just around the corner, there is talk of the breweries having to close production, and therefore Oktoberfest might have to be cancelled. Because, oh. yeah, this is this is now, now it gets serious, right? So beer production, Peter, which um, a lot of people be concerned about, in Germany anyway, could be compromised because it's energy intensive. And they're scuppered in Germany come October like they really are. So um, there, there's, there's talk of this. Could it mean Oktoberfest is cancelled again? Could it mean the Christmas markets that they have all around Germany, in which I've been to, that they have to be cancelled for another year? Well, it's a small price to pay to teach Putin a lesson, isn't it? So Europe's going to freeze, right? Uh, we're all going to be in the dark. There's no heated swimming pools. There's no heated anything. But at least we stand We stand, stand in solidarity with the Vogue headlining Vladimir Zelensky. And that makes me feel good. And it's, it's well, I think it's worth it. Well, we can all freeze to death in solidarity. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Thank you, David, for joining us. Of course, reminder, you can find David at David Vance. Make sure and check out him on Podbean. You can sign up to that and also the premium one. Do make use of that. Make sure and follow David on either Getter, if that's your platform, Gab, if that's your platform. Uh, make use of those. Or, 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 sorry, or Truth Social, Peter. Or Truth Social. Social. How's it going? I still, it's, it's begin. Do you know? So I tell. It's, it's probably good to finish this one as well. Truth Social, which is obviously the Trump platform, um, opened up to Brits a, a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago. Which oh, I'd been on it before, but I'm not going to tell you how. But um, anyway, it's available to everybody, or certainly British people, anyway, as well. And what's been really good is to see an army of Brits beginning to appear mm -hmm. on Truth Social. And the, the, the really curious, the curiosity for me is a lot of these people that I see popping up on Truth Social um, have been banned from Twitter. And mm. it's, it's strange, you know, like you would have thought they would have gone together or maybe Gab or, or Parler, but they, they, you know, people behave in their own ways. People are never as predictable as we'd like to think maybe. Yeah. And so I see a whole number of them suddenly saying, I've just been banned from Twitter. It's good to be here. I think they might want to think about that one because one of the great advantages of Getter over True Social is on Getter, I think you can responsibly say pretty much anything. I yeah. think on True Social, I think you might want to be a little bit careful about some of the things that you want to say. Um, it's not that it's censorious, but it's not just as free a space as Getter. Getter's the best free space. You're fine unless you're Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, I think. She was kicked off. Yeah. Social. Yeah. The, the, yes, she was. Weird. She, she absolutely was. And... Uh, you know, I mean, my, I mean, I'm very, I'm very, as you've gathered, Peter, I'm a natural contrarian. And I was thinking, I wonder, should I trace, um, post something very critical of Trump, uh, such as, for example, which I did put on Getter, his attendance at a World Economic Forum event back in oh, January. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I thought the better of it because I thought I don't want to be banned before I've even started. <laughs> but give but it a while. Yeah, but but having said that, I mean, there's there, look, there's there's great people in all the free speech platforms, and Truth Social is a free speech. Getter's a great free speech. 
Gallup's a good free speech as well. And then we've got all of the other, you know, the, the, the bit shoots and all of these other platforms. I just want to support them all and encourage all of us, you know, as you do, Peter, and I do, to, to use them. Let's put our free speech content out there and, uh, and forget all about, you know, the Silicon Valley big tech uh, three-letter agency controlled platforms yeah. of Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You know, well, you know, YouTube. YouTube I use nominally. Someone said, why do you still use YouTube, David? I use YouTube to annoy YouTube. It gives me huge pleasure to get on YouTube and tell them that I'm 100% in favor of the jabs. I totally support Zelensky and then spend the next 60 minutes explaining why I don't do any of those, either of those things. <laughs> Yeah, I think we put, I think I was looking through an artist, three videos a week, we put, I think maybe one on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's generally not. So some yeah, you could go for two weeks without anything. Exactly. Yeah. On, on the big issues that I guess most people watching yeah. will be interested in, it's really hard. You can't talk about COVID. You can't talk about monkeypox. You can't talk about uh, Ukraine. You can't talk about yeah. some, there's stolen, the stolen election in the States yeah. and, and the fake Biden. You can talk about conservative party leadership, economy, stuff like that. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. But to me, that makes it a very, there, it's a very limited experience. This is fun because we can talk about, you know, as I say, responsibly, whatever we want. Let me finish off with a few of your pictures. There you go. 700 years old skeleton of a married couple. The wife is still arguing. And before anyone accuses me of sexism, it's David Banton who needs to take it off. This. So I'll happily point the finger at him. Yeah, come um, at me. Yeah. <laughs> that's one. Let me bring up uh, unbelievable stuff. So here's another one. And again, I can blame Mr. Vance. Always easy. Get me out of any doghouse. Here we go. Your risk of getting monkeypox. Yeah, science, Peter. No. Follow the science is all I can say to this one. I do. No risk. I would recommend you go on the lower level of the risk. But don't if I? you're inclined to be elsewhere or still in a closet, maybe you may be higher up. I don't know. So uh, I'll leave that for you to decide your level of risk you're prepared to live with. Yep. And yeah. Let me bring up. I don't. My, uh, it's too hot for my producer to do anything for me today, so I have to do all this hard work of clicking buttons and bringing up screens. My apologies. Here we have another one, and this may, if you haven't yet used the bathroom, this could concern you because eating too much protein makes pee a problem pollutant in the US. Yeah. So I would warn you against peeing too much. Just hold it in for a bit longer and you'll save the planet. I think someone's taken the proverbial with that one, Peter, myself. <laughs> that, that is my only comment on that one. I think, mind you, eating too much meat protein, but if you're eating insect protein, well, then you probably can pee as much as you want. I don't know if you saw the stuff about this past week we've had Robert Downey Jr. The other week yeah. we had Nicole Kidman going, mm, yeah. I love mealworms. Gosh, those locusts. Can't get enough of them. Gorgeous. Yum, yum. Strange. I did see Nicole Kidman and yep. it was quite. Uh, my wife even tried to bring me to a, a bug restaurant for anniversary for a laugh. <laughs> no, no, that's where I'm putting my foot down. It may be quirky, but no, we're going for steak. So. Oh, no, yeah, I know. But honestly, I, I put a, a podcast out the other day, Insect Mania, on this whole thing about the fact that everywhere you go now, it's only a matter of time to you go to your local restaurant or your favorite place and the menu will have a bug uh, item, you know, They'll have their meat, they'll have their fish, they'll have their they'll have your insect 
It's very, mm-hmm. it's profoundly disturbing. I, I, I watch very little mainstream TV, but I do watch. I'm a celebrity. Watch, take, get me out of here. Believe, believe it or not, one of my guilty, guilty secrets. And you remember, in I'm a celebrity. The the worst bit of it was the Bush Tucker trial, where oh, they had yeah. to eat bugs. And this was the most worstest thing that could be imagined, right? That's, that was the worst thing they had to do. Now, these people are going, mm, oh, give me the bugs, give me the bugs, give me the mealworms. I just can't get enough of them. So, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I think there's a very dark agenda behind it, actually, because, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be eating bugs. It's really that simple. And last one. This was a... Uh... A great post by Jack Pasovich. And he says, amazing, Wikipedia have now changed the definition of the word definition. And if we bring it up, definition is now a definition. So, yeah, it says for the definition of another word used, you can go elsewhere. uh, And the definition is a fluid statement of the meaning of a term. Definitions cannot be easily set into categories as meanings evolve to meet the needs of societal change a term may have different senses yeah. and multiple meanings and yeah. thus require multiple definitions so when something you define something but that definition becomes multiple definitions so you can have your own definition of whatever you're trying to define and we wonder yeah. why we are in such a mess in our society. Yeah, I'm sure that's not connected to the fact that the U.S. has just fallen into a recession. I'm sure it's, to- <laughs> I'm sure it's totally not re- in any regard connected to that. I mean, you've heard of gender fluidity. Now we've got grammatical fluidity as yep. well. From And, and yep. by the way, if it's on Wikipedia, it's probably not true as well. But it is good that two, well, two consecutive quarters of negative growth is no longer recession. It's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's no. Wonderful. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Bidenomics. It's uh, it's a cause of celebration. And uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is, of course, actually, as you know, seriously, this is a desperation of the Democrats as they scramble around. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully come November, Peter, if we're, if we're chatting then, we'll be, they, the, the Republicans will have made serious inroads and at least won the uh, lower house, if not the Senate. And at that point, then that's essentially Biden uh, kneecapped for whatever time he's got left in the White House. So, uh, you know, at that time, they'll have to redefine what president is. Poor Biden will be even more confused. I feel sorry for him. Mm. On that note, uh, we we haven't mocked Biden much, so my apologies to our US viewers. We will do better next time. David, as always, thank you for yeah. joining me. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for your time. Not at all. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Peter. Thank you so much. Not at all. And thank you to our viewers for joining us and thank you to our listeners for listening on Podbean. If you listen on the go, then, of course, download it and you can listen as you go around your day after, of course, you download David Vance. So on that, I wish you a wonderful rest of your evening. Have a good weekend. I will see you Monday with Mike Eden we have on Monday. So join us for Mike Eden. And have all that. Uh, have a good evening and we'll see you on Monday. Bye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.